I don't give a damn whether the client understands that that's worth anything. It's the way I want to live my life. I want to make beautiful things, even if nobody cares. You are listening to Creatives Radio by Logo Inspirations. In this podcast, we tap into the minds of the most influential personalities in the creative space. My name is Jonathan Rudolph, and welcome to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is the Netflix of online learning with over 23,000 online classes to help you grow your brand. These classes range from design to business to technology and much more. Go to logoinspirations.co slash Skillshare to get two months free of Skillshare Premium. Hi everyone, welcome to Creatives Radio. And in this episode, I'm talking to the multi-talented Radim Malinich. Uh, Radim is a creative director and designer living and working in Southwest London. He runs a he runs brand new and award-winning studio. Taking a multidisciplinary approach, he works across a multitude of mediums from uh, creative direction to illustration, typography, product design, and music video direction uh, to form a practice based around positivity, uh, message, and meaning. Uh, before finding his calling in the creative industry. Czech-born Radim uh, was an ice hockey player, a bassist in death metal bands, an indie DJ, a musical journalist, and a student of economics and business management. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of roles. Uh, at the break of the new millennium, uh, Radim moved to the United Kingdom to explore the expansive music scene only to find an even greater interest in art and graphic design. Uh, since then, his eclectic interests have seen him working with some of the biggest brands in the world, uh, clients that include uh, Coca-Cola, Google, Adobe Systems, and uh, WWF, amongst many others. Aside from his studio work, uh, Radim designs products for his brand November Universe, releases music, and tours design events and universities globally with his uh, talks on, and lectures uh, designed to inspire and support self-development in the creative industry. Uh, in March 2016, Radim released his publication Book of Ideas, which is how I uh, found out about him. The Amazon number one bestseller for graphic cards has helped novices and professionals across the world to find a new way of approaching their creative work. Uh, in this episode, we talk about his new book, uh, Book of Ideas Volume 2, future plans for book number 3, his passage from DJ to designer, and accidentally becoming a publisher. So let's get into the show. Before we dive into the episode, it would mean so much if you could take a screenshot of wherever you're listening to the podcast and tag Radim at brand double underscore new, that's brand double underscore nu, and tag me at Logo Inspirations and uh, post it on your Instagram stories. Thanks, guys. What's one thing that people don't know about you? Um, I mean, that, that is very interesting because <laughs> there's, there's, I think there's lots of things that people don't yeah. know about me. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, thought, I thought about that question uh, yesterday. Um, it's what people don't know about me that I, I well. That not many people know about you. I wanted to be a professional ice hockey player. 
So okay. I'm from, I was born in Czech Republic, living in England for now for 20 years. But I wanted to be an ice hockey player, like a, a, a proper NHL oh, wow. star. So you wanted to go and all the way to Canada? Yeah, I think if it was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was totally living in the NHL dream. That, that, was, that was the one thing that I wanted to do. And I wanted to be a rock star, but that was that, that, that's a bit more known because I, I kept talking about it quite a lot. <laughs> but one thing that lots, one thing that pretty much nobody really knows is that I, I quite like ice cream for breakfast. Ice cream for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm grown up. I can do whatever I want. So do you, do you do that very often? Uh, like once a week. Yeah, it's mainly when I'm with my when I'm with my daughter, and she was like, she takes me to the shops, and she's like, ice cream, she's like. Ice cream for breakfast. Yeah, cool. it's fun. It sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So tell us a bit more about yourself and uh, how you eventually got into design. So I, I was born in Czech Republic in 1978. So it makes me 40 yeah. today. Um, I was. I, I, I always try to think if I was that creative kid in the class because I never really thought of myself that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I played ice hockey from the age of seven or six or oh, seven. Man. Wow. So yeah, most of my time was spent, you know, <laughs> on the ice <laughs> or summer training. Um, my, my mum is a, is a letter, a typographer. So I mean, she was, she wasn't doing pretty things. So I wasn't like mesmerized by the work she was doing, but I, I appreciated creativity. Um, as I told you earlier, then uh, in my sort of early teenage years, I've, I've discovered alcohol and cigarettes and, and rock and roll. So I wanted to be a death metal musician and, and rock star. And I've started my bands, and that was really fun. And this, this was in all in the uh, Czech Republic? This is, this is still very okay. much in Czech. Yeah, I, okay. moved, I moved to England when I was 22, 21. Um, so yeah, I did all of this in Czech. Um, kind of like by default, I was the guy who, like, who did the posters because. I could see it like my mum was running a screen printing studio at the time. So when we had, when we had my band, we like, we had our t-shirts made up and yeah. at the black, you know, when you got, when you take the black metal logos, they're just like trees or whatever, like the most yeah. illegible things ever. So that was really fun thing to do because for a long time, I thought that the first logo I've ever created was in my official career for yeah. venues, and restaurants and stuff. But actually I was making logos right from back you know like in, in my early teenagers this is this is way before computers in a way like i mean there were some forms of computer but no one had like access to it easily so i was retracing like uh, heavy metal logos and kind of, kind of i remember making stencils and kind of, but to me that was just the part of the sort of me- the metal scene you know like the, the most amazing i think a sight ever is that when you've got these angry men embroidering their denim jackets with metallica logos and you're like <laughs> the juxtaposition of things you know it's absolutely fantastic so in a way that would be like what i would call my way in into into design so when i stopped liking my bandmates and i was always kind of, of a sort of eclectic nature and conviction like i just i kind of discover one thing i'm like okay what's the other next to it and what's that and i was always on a mission to discover especially at that age where things are really exciting, especially when you discover them for the first time. So I stopped liking my bandmates, went into DJing and I was, I was an indie DJ at, at the beginning, but because I was getting paid for playing music, someone else's music, obviously. So, I just so more. from death metal, was it death metal or heavy metal? 
It was death metal. Yeah, it was like the the the, the most exp- most extreme genre, like literally the fastest you can ever play, and growling and yeah, just yeah, it was it was it was a fantastic time. But then, I mean, we're talking about like being seventeen. I wanted to sort of mellow out a bit. And then you, you developed a different taste for music. Yeah. So okay. I was I was always I was I was brought up in a in a household with a very eclectic taste. So there was lots of jazz. There was lots of uh, nice music and lots of vinyl vinyl records and i discovered that lots of my friends didn't really have that sort of upbringing so my 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 uh, interests were always very colorful very eclectic so whilst my friends were like heavy metal death metal you know that was their only way of looking into it i'm like hey hip-hop's quite fun and this is quite fun and acid jazz and jazz and <laughs> drum and bass and they're like nope death metal yeah. death metal <laughs> so it was quite hard to convince people to even try something else so that's why i found djing much more fun because hey the music was made already so you don't have to yeah. argue with anyone and <laughs> um, the only people i had to argue with were the people who turned up to the club because i was quite progressive for my hometown <laughs> and but yeah, I tried. I literally, I then played five different nights a week. But I used to play acid jazz night and drum and bass night, yeah. and that. because I mean, it's kind of like in, in the same way in, in design. Like once you can design one thing, yeah. you can design anything really. You know, like it's just it's just, it's just the same process. So once you can mix two records, you can mix any records yeah. really. And I was absolutely fascinated by all the spectrum of genres. Therefore, it was really exciting for me as well for the people that I was playing to. So. If I was to do it for as a sort of purpose for money, I would mix into records like like artwork, you know, just just yeah. but makes stuff ready for print. So it was that 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 thing that I find fascinating. So uh, sobered up a little bit, did my degree, <laughs> which was okay. in economics because oh, wow. I was like I should have something decent to, to yeah. my name. <laughs> and um, I decided to, to kind of to pop over to London, well, to England, for, to London, to like six months just to see to um, see some gigs and be closer to the music that I've really enjoyed. I was into just, just I mean, by this, yourself? This, this is by myself. Yeah, yeah. literally like, leave everyone behind, be very ambitious and just go on my own. This is, this was in year 2000. So this was 18 years ago okay. when internet was supposed to think, but it wasn't as available like now. So everything was in magazines, record stores, vinyl records. And I just like music was left like England. This is the place yeah. where they invent new genre at lunchtime, you know, like <laughs> it's just, the place is just so eclectically amazing that people are progressive and people don't really sort of worry or care. They just go for it. And I wanted to be near that. And I discovered that when I, when I moved over here, that the graphic design that surrounded the music and the, the nightclub, like the, the events industry, was so fascinating. Like all of a sudden, like I was, I went from nice, pretty small town in Czech Republic to a, a metropolis in, in no, the kind of the center of the world, and it was like a Disneyland. I'm like, <laughs> did, you, did you start finding I, gigs? Did you start finding uh, gigs as soon as you come there? I, I, I came over here just to listen. I came over just to just to just yeah. to take it all in, and I'm, I think within about a year or so, I started playing again because. I could see like women with push chairs buying vinyl records in shops. And I'm like, everyone's a DJ. I mean, people had like decks at home and like, it was just, just fascinating. People like people were so in tune and like, I could, I could, I could have a drunken night talking to someone about entombed and carcass and like trash metal and, and jazz and soul. And it was just, and, and people were speaking the same language in that way. So that was really fascinating. So as soon as I discovered like 
that kind of way into graphic design. I, just, I, have, I was having different conversations with different people about that. And again, people were very fascinating and kind of, I felt like I grew as a person before I grew as a, as a creator because they gave me that kick that there's a world of possibilities. Now you, you can be, you can, you can invent your own future if, if you really go for it. So yeah, uh, one day I just thought, well, I had some basic knowledge of coral draw or whatever, like that was the you know thing of choice. Um, I got a, obviously stolen copy of Photoshop and like, um, like, like was, most of us <laughs> and most of us. Yeah. And, um, and I went to do job hunting and I got a really crappy job in a, in a print studio and I just learned the basics, paper sizes, techniques, everything. And luckily that was my way in. So very much self-taught or learned on the job. And that was my, that was my way into graphic design. Well, what was it one moment that made you want to let go of your search for music and then follow graphic design? Um, was there one moment that made you decide? Um, it was, I guess it was the pay because okay. <laughs> I, I used to subsidize my very poor graphic design career or freelance career with music gigs. <laughs> so I would go, I would go and DJ and I would pay my rent for a week. I would play for five hours and that would do it. Um, and then when I made more connections in, in the events industry, I was making more flyers, posters, gigs, okay. CD covers and stuff. And that became my main line. And I sort of phased out of gigs because when <laughs> it's kind of, I was, I always feel like kind of bittersweet point in DJ career. Cause when you get really good and people book you for pretty much for anything, yeah. you play to most uninterested crowds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just, I mean, I've been playing like I guess to a thousand people and, 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 and I didn't enjoy it. It was, it was, I was not a crowd pleaser. I didn't play what I, they really wanted me to play. You know, so I would be playing to a thousand beautiful people and they would be just totally freaked out because I was playing dance floor jazz, you know, <laughs> they're like, are you going to play Kylie or something like that? No, no, I'm going to play this. Yeah. Back in the day when Kylie was big, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I think there was something like this. This is, this is still like early 2000s. Yeah. So I think she, she had something uh, going on at that time. Or, I mean, you can pick any, any, any first, like one name, Britney, like, sorry, like a first name pop star, yeah. <laughs> Britney, Kylie, Beyonce. Anastasia. Anastasia. Yeah. That yeah. was, yeah, she was a thing as well at the time. So, yeah, there was this point of career that, that when I realized that graphic design was going to take over. And also with the freelance career, I, I realized that the harder I worked, actually I was making money. I was working long hours at night mm -hmm. and I would make more than my salary, uh, monthly salary in my design job. So I kind of, I knew that I, I could pursue, pursue that. And yeah, I mean, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm always, I realized I was, I'm always a go-getter from, from the age of 14, 15, when we had uh, my, my, my band, like I was, I was booking the gigs, I was doing the flyers, I was booking right. my DJ gigs in check, I was doing my posters. And it was a kind of a form of um, something, I mean, obviously it's a dopamine, in a way, a dopamine addiction, because you've got something to do, there's, there's you've got a purpose, you know, and that, and that was, I think, always something that I, I, I seek in my life, like it's, I, I can't, I can't do boredom, I can't. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to be bored. I don't know how to do boredom and uh, I don't know how to rest very well. So <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was the story really. Cool. And like when you started, did you find out that you were like naturally talented at design or was it something that you developed? I, uh, I was lucky that I started at a very functional design. So I wasn't artistically challenged at first, mm -hmm. which was a bit of a blessing at first because 
I, I didn't know what my philosophy was. I, I, I was an able-bodied man with two hands, one mouse, one computer, and some software, and that was it. So I was doing gig posters, and I was doing things at first that very mechanical. Like the name should be big, it should be readable, it should be this, put my, not put, put name and thing on a business card. That was it. Like I mean, I, I, I was trying to pick up on some ideas and trends, but it, I just feel like, it's like when you pick up a guitar, you pick up a guitar because you, you want to learn how to play the music. You haven't got five albums in your head thinking, yep. you know what, I've got five albums in my head. I just need to learn how to play the guitar and I'll do this. And this is the same with, with creativity. Like yep. we, like when you see something amazing, you're like, okay, how do I make this? How, how, how do I learn the basics? And then you have the sort of the, the, the practice round and you, you, you have a thing, you have a play you spend time incubating ideas and then when you feel comfortable just the same way like playing guitar when you don't have to look at your fretboard all the time um then you start being creative then you can actually enjoy the instrument being in our case software computer you know hardware uh then we can actually enjoy actually having a free flow because then you get that sort of expression you get that sort of the training practice out of way and, and do that so it took me i think four or five years i think from the beginning to actually when i realized I had a bit of a signature style. I, I, I find a bit of a style that was really sort of good for my soul in a way that I find it enjoyable and, and interesting. So at that point I had the, the, the enough knowledge of, 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 of mech, mechanical design in, in a way like how, how to create a design that I could actually enjoy being um, more, yeah, working with more of a sort of, sort of signature style. Cool. Do, do you remember the day where you quit your job and then took, freelance as a full-time gig i very much remember that day yeah <laughs> i remember it very well um i i was planning to i was planning to leave because i felt like i was plateau a uh, plateaued in my in my uh, design job because I, I i very much failed for the first time i decided to go freelance i failed like i had no website mm -hmm. no portfolio no philosophy no clients I was just like, again, able-bodied designer, like, yay. And uh, like, no one could find me. I mean, it was just, it was just like word of mouth sort of gigs, like just doing, again, flyers, tickets or something. I just, anything that people would throw at me, I was just like, yeah, I'll do this. Uh, which is good and bad because I've learned not to do it again. But I, I realized I need, I need to know more. So I was very, I'm glad that I failed because I could do it then second time better. I've done my reading. I bought some books books i've obviously read more industry magazines and i was building my client base at night as i mentioned earlier i was just built, literally just doing work for, for more people i've set up my website and it was this was i mean this was a golden day of websites i mean that would be like i don't know you can have twenty five thousand people a, a month on your website easily oh, you know, wow. because there was no there was no distraction there was yeah. like people there was no facebook there was no myspace just was just about to be a thing so there was only one stream of traffic so it was focused so you can i was doing almost daily daily updates on my website and that was the thing so the word spread out quickly so i was getting clients from worldwide so yeah i was working with people from melbourne and like within three weeks or something of me putting wow. the website up so it was quite i mean like all of a sudden you know i was i've gone from a, a local a, a, a city designer who was just, literally had just a, like a city reach to all of a sudden to be a globe having a global wow. career which which was fantastic and it, the, the, the aesthetic resonated with, with people of, 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 certain, of, certain, um, of certain persuasion, what, what they liked. So 
yeah, that was interesting. So I knew I was going to leave. I was like, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. And then it was, I was working at a company which was run by fun people to go. I mean, it was run by people who were nice, nice people to go out for a beer with, you know, they were lads, they were fun. But the, the work setup was very like money driven. It was very much a business that mm-hmm. created, not creative business. And because their profit margins were in something else. And I just, I just started hating a, that I wasn't growing anywhere sort of artistically. And I hated that, I, you know, we had to do, I mean, five jobs a day, like four or five things. I and mean, sometimes people take you know, two weeks to do one. And we had to like, it was like a machine and no one really cared. Like, as long as it's printed, it's done, it's out of weight. Next, next, yeah. next, next, next. And the management wasn't really happy with the speed. So they're like, are we going to give you timesheets? I'm like, you can, you, know, you can literally shove it up your ass. Like, I'm, I'm out of here. And we had a big, big argument and I handed my notice. And on the 1st of April, 2006, um, was it six or seven? I think six. Um, I just left. I just left. And that was my first day. And what was really good on, the fir- on that day, the phone was ringing. Like the people who I was like, had like a little sort of bubbling sort of thing, like things that were brewing nicely. They just called up, right? We've got CD campaign we've got this campaign like we've got this and this and that and all of a sudden i was busy like I, 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 there was no moment just like that. that i would feel like oh yeah yeah i was like because because i, I spent two or three years to get to that, that. getting ready for, yeah because sometimes I, I, I hear questions from like new freelancers and they're like so i've gone freelance and how do i get clients i'm like yay you've done the wrong way around you know like <laughs> you get clients and you go freelance that's the thing like, you, i mean you, you build your database yeah oh absolutely yeah. i mean you you need someone who will at least pay your rent every 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 month and 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 then you can build on top of it but yeah i literally i have spent a good three years just making sure that i've got you no know, solid mm-hmm. business when, I, when i'm ready for it cool how, how long did it take before you got the big clients that you work with now? Uh, Those kind of clients. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a point in everyone's, everyone's career. People who care, they, they always sort of they announce, I'm ready. I'm ready for the big clients. You know, some, some, some kids think now they're, like, they're entitled to work with big clients. The thing is, um, it's not that much fun to work with big clients. I mean, you, you get in a big world of politics. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a tough monster to, to battle. Because I, I think within about, I mean, literally going freelance, going on my own, and within a year, I was like, I was seeing my contemporaries and peers doing bigger stuff. I'm like, me, 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 can't come me. No, it's, it's in my turn next. <laughs> and... Um, it, 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 it was gradual. I mean, there's this fantastic phrase that if you're good enough, people will find you. Like if you're doing good stuff, mm-hmm. people will find you. Just like we find good things that, you know, are functional, trustworthy, you know, uh, reliable. And yeah, I mean, I, I was thrown in a deep end. I, I thought I was ready to work with big clients. And because I, I tried to sort of express myself artistically, so I was doing lots of illustrations in my graphic design and to the point where I had an illustration career. So I, when I decided to get an illustration agent, thinking that would change my life right from day one. <laughs> and uh, little did I know that it, t- I mean, it took about two or three months when a phone rang and they're like, I've got a commission for you. It's one of, one, of, one of the mobile networks. And how much is your day rate? So I'm like, uh, 
just added like extra 150 pounds a day on that. And I'm like, yeah, okay, no problem. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> right? Well, well um, how, how did you find that agent? And I just, again, like internet, like I've, okay. uh, I, 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 because I was trying, I was at every step of the way of, of pretty much just like I do every day now, I try to do at least, I spend, I try to spend at least half an hour to an hour on business development. So I try to find people who I want to work with. I try to people who want to get press coverage with, people who want to talk to, yeah. who can inspire me, where I can get. And it's just, that's every day. I mean, I, now I make books and I publish books. I, you know, I'm looking in different distribution, different looking at different outlets, trying to go book, book my book in Urban Outfitters. So there's always daily work to spend to, to grow this. So I, I was looking for an agent and it's, and it's a hard thing to get because everyone wants an agent. That's a good tip for designers to find an agent. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, 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 well, I'll tell you, well, it's a, it's a good and bad story because <laughs> it's, um, an illustration agent has been around forever has been photographer agent and illustration agent because they create like stuff that's copyrighted, right? They create uh, art. Um, Agents cannot replace a non-existent career. They can only amplify the good that you have already. The problem with agents are that they can only sell style. They can't, they can't sell talent. So if you're multi-talented and you can do things that don't really form from one, one style, then um, they've, they find it hard to, to market you because they need, when they, when they get approached by big clients, they're looking for X, Y, Z. But if you do A, B, C, and X, <laughs> they'll be like, uh, well, this can't, can't be the right fit because we're looking literally for a, in the same way, like you look for a tradesman on the building side, you need an electrician to do electrics. So you need uh, an illustrator to do an illustration style that is required for the campaign. So at first I had that style and it, 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 it worked, but then I found that I was very much kind of locked in in, the, in one particular mm -hmm. style and I wanted yeah. to do more other things. Pretty much the same as I was playing death metal and I wanted to play grunge and hip hop yeah. and I wanted to just do all sorts of stuff in music production. And I just found myself being locked in. So I just, I, I just decided that it might be best for me to sort of still marketing myself as an illustrator and, and actually go back to my design career because that's where the freedom is. That's where reasons can be. That's where you can work with decision makers and actually have a fantastic relationship with the people you make the work for and with. So, yeah, it's the big client was that was the, was the phone call. I mean, I spent again years kind of getting ready for that moment. It wasn't a fluke. I didn't sort of. It doesn't just. It didn't just happen. I I, mm. I did everything to put that map in in a place that they can find me. And I can find them. And um, yeah, I mean, I've got good memories. I've got crazy memories. I've got memories I would like to forget <laughs> because yeah, some of some of the big work for some of the big client stuff is is handled by people who shouldn't be in those jobs. I mean, they're just employed in advertising and they're not always that clever. <laughs> there are some amazing people who like you will learn from, yeah. but there's, there's, there's lots of people who, yeah, I mean, the, the, the chain is fundamentally flawed. I mean, there's, there's ways to do work for bigger clients directly and, and better. But again, yeah. it just takes a lot of time and effort to make it happen. So question is, is, is it really worth doing or not? Because yeah, people, people will pay a lot of money, but they will want your shirt of your back, you know, like they will, mm -hmm. they will make you work for that money. <laughs> cool. And uh, at what point did you start to call yourself brand new? Is it brand new or brand yes. new? 
brand new. Um, it's it's from my uh, from my DJing days. Okay. So when uh, when I had a what at that time when I had my failing design freelance design career, I I wanted to be a, a promoter. So when I was doing my DJ gigs, I thought I would get like um, what do you call them? I would get bands, you know, like like Herbalizer and like people like uh, guys from Ninja Tune roster. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna run a nightclub, uh, sorry, a club night, and. I just loved the sound of brand new. Like for some reason, I learned English is my second language. And thinking about it, the first time I heard words brand new, I used them as a phrase, like this yeah. is brand new. I'm like, why, 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 why? <laughs> but I just loved that sound. So I was going to call my club night brand new, spelled N-U, because N-U. at that time yeah. I was listening to, um, it, was, it was a way to, like, there was a lot of N-U's, like, yeah. uh, like a new metal, and new metal and new jazz and all of yeah. that. And I'm like, okay, so I'll spell it brand and ye, and that'll be my club night. And a friend of mine, George, said, yeah, no one will come. No one will come to club. No one will come to brand new. But I was obsessed with Helvetica at that time, so I just wrote it down, and, and I put like a semicolon in it. I'm yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> that's the one. And just nice went and on simple. to... Nice and simple. And it, and it kind of helped, because with a name like mine in the uh, English-speaking world, you know, my uh, my sisters are called Sandra and Laura, which is quite easy to pronounce in English, but I'm Radim. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it, it kind of helped me because it's, uh, even even now, 15 years in, like people said, oh, I can't remember the guy's name, but the, the website's called Brand New. Brand New. So, brand New, yeah. Perfect. So, yeah, that's that's the story. I mean, it was that, that was a lucky accident, but I'm, I'm glad I've got it because it still works. And now more than ever, the, the name stands for creating new brands. I mean, I, kind of, I grew into my name within 15 years. Cool. Um, you class yourself like on the website as a create, freelance creative director. Is that you giving your, your talents to like agencies? Well, uh, the word freelance is there for SEO. <laughs> So uh, I, I'm, I'm at this sort of crossroads that I feel my my offering is too big for small clients and too small for big big clients. If that okay. makes sense. Yep. So I'm kind of like I'm kind of in the middle of that sort of Venn diagram of two things, and so so my clients would usually go. They would look for freelance branding designer, or freelance graphic designer. They would find me, and then the first thing they would ask me like, so how many people have you got working for you? I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure you search for freelance graphic designer. <laughs> They're like, yeah, well, I did, but I'm expecting an agency to be this. I'm like, oh, of course you are. Um, well, luckily there is a team of people that I work with, but I I renamed, I can't I give myself a title. Well, I, I, the title I've got is creative director because I get work in, I work with clients and directions, I do, and I, I deliver work. But it's also to shut people up because when you, when, when you, like you go to a place and people say, so what, what do you do? And you say, I'm a graphic designer. And they're like, okay, so would you graphically design? And I go, well, so I just did a music video, did a, a, an interior design. I did an illustration for a magazine. And they were like, well, were you meant to be a graphic designer? So it's just like, because the output is so diverse. It's just easy. Like when people say, what do you do? I'm like, creative director. Okay. <laughs> Conversation's done. And then you can say, I did a music video and that. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I get it now, you know. So I kind of again, I've grown into that title. I I, I do I do manage people and mm-hmm. they they help me to they help me to make my vision reality for for my clients to to hit the objective. So yeah, it, it's so, that. But so I mean, do you have yeah. other employees working under brand new? 
I do have a, a couple of people who work with me. Uh, they work remotely. I've got one web developer and one 3D designer at the moment. Mm. Um, it might be that I think we might be growing the roster of, um, of 3D developers because that's, that's the type of work that I really enjoy and where we, can, where we make real difference in terms of style and, and offering to clients. Um, I, I always felt that web web design was sort of unnecessary evil for for my career because it kept me kept my head above the water for a while and we were developing literally we were designing and developing like fifteen websites a year or twenty websites a year so I mean it it, it was it was a it was a hefty process and it 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 formed my skill set because the clients that come from my door down no way two of two of the same. So everyone's got different requirements. So as a as a creative director, I, I try to make sure that I know about Webflows, WordPress, you know, Ajax, whatever. I just, I just I need to know that even though our work is very much more illustrative and more, you know, more artistic in terms of branding. Like, again, it's a part of the process because if someone comes to me with absolutely zero idea how to execute that, the branding, I am the best point of call and point of contact to actually explain to them what's the best thing because I want people to come to me or come to us and get the best service possible. That that is that is the only motto that I've got. Like literally, people who come here get treated like you know, like royalty, and they get the best stuff possible because it it's good for both of us and yeah. for both parties. Cool. So yeah, sweet. Um, the first time I heard about you was a couple of years ago. I think for two years ago. When I was looking for graphic design books online, and I came across your first book, uh, Book of Ideas, book of and ideas. then <laughs> I posted it on the blog, and then a couple of days later, people started sending me messages, oh, it's sold out, I can't get it. <laughs> so yeah, that was a really popular book, and uh, how, did, how did the idea spark for that book? So everything, everything is a marathon, nothing is a sprint. So. Uh, uh, there's there's good ten years of development before that book <laughs> actually happened, and it's not like I, I didn't spend ten years making that book. I just spent ten years of a design career to 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 have something to say, yeah. to put that into context. And um, I when I went freelance, I it was just about the time when iPhone came out and then iPad came out, and everyone was like running around. Two thousand seven, two thousand and eight, eight, nine, eight, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And iPad came out and and all of a sudden everyone was online. So everyone had a website and people were running around London with their portfolios on on, on the on the iPad. And I'm like, let's be old school, like let's let's make people feel something and let's give them something they don't want to throw away. So I was making these books, but they were technically brochures, but yeah. I called them books and I was I was selling some of them on my website. They were like thirty, like sixty-four pages. But because my career was mainly about illustration. It was a flip book. And then I started doing public speaking. A friend called Francois asked me to speak in Montreal Meets um, at one of his events. And about design? Found, uh, about design, yeah. It was uh, Montreal Meets. There was people like James White and Fabio from Abduzido. And oh, wow. It was a really, yeah, it was a really fun little event. And uh, I just, I just the, the thinking philosophies I had at that time behind my, behind my work when I mentioned them on a the stage, people kind of wanted to know more. And through me of, of developing the um, sort of the design process of how I approach tasks, 
was changing. I was more, I was more in control. I was, I was more in charge. I was, I wanted to steer it in a way that it's enjoyable rather than, you know, be one of those guys like, Oh, fucking hate my clients. You know, I just, you know, like, there's, 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 there's a big yeah. group of designers who just hate it because, them, yeah. because you, you're doing it wrong. That's the problem. You know, like if, I, I mean, <laughs> you know, people who make it look easy are the most prepared, like people who've thought about it most, you know, so if something looks really fun and easy, it's because a lot of hard work's gone into it. <laughs> so I kept making notes and like in my head, I was making notes on my phone, like just, just, just around quotes, around processes about, I mean, yeah, in the first book I talk about agents, you know, I talk about experiences that I've had because I could only write about something that I know and I'm, I'm not academically trained designer. I'm not, you know, I haven't got a degree in design. I, I haven't studied as, as much as I maybe should have done, but I lived it. I learned it on the job. I lived that position. And with that, you, you get a different way of education, like a life education. So I was making these notes and planned to do a book for a while. And I released, uh, my last sort of flip book in 2010 and I was like I, I, I had a cycle of like a, a gallery exhibition book gallery exhibition book but then my wife was like oh you've got time and you know you don't have to rush and that and I spent it was six years between the books but if it wasn't for six years I, would, I wouldn't have brought up as good quality product as I've done because I spent literally I spent four years of making notes just observing and, and watching and making notes and conversations, like having sort of disgruntled friends who go, well, you know, this doesn't work and that doesn't work. And I'm thinking, well, it does. Just do it that way, you know, just do yeah. this. So that's literally like the book is a conversation between me and friends and clients and uh, people with aspirations and that kind of stuff. So I just, I just put it together. I just, I, I, I knew that I didn't have time to wait in a way because my daughter was about to be born so i just wrote and just i just produced the book from from the findings it took me about three months from start to finish to get it onto amazon and it took me by surprise because yeah the book sold out within three weeks because yeah. i thought i'll print a thousand copies um was this all self-published you know? was it all self-published everything self-published yeah so I've, I've what i didn't know that i was i was accidentally starting a publishing company Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't know that, but now I've got a publishing company, I've got a publishing oh, wow. business and I've taken more seriously now than I've ever done before because it was, it was a happy accident. So I printed a thousand books, they sold out. So I print an extra 3000 books and they sold out and I print an extra. <laughs> so did, did you have any, now, any marketing behind that? I mean, again, it was, it was, I was very little, very little at, at, at first. It was literally it was people like yourself. And I had to thank you for that. Like you just spread the word, like, because the book was, anomaly like it's you get lots of design books who tell you the rules and the history and the grid structure and typefaces and mm-hmm. this is how you draw a letter whereas mom was like don't look for happiness you might find it elsewhere or, you know don't, don't just look for reasons and try to think and i just wrote it as a sort of like a a, a memo book for myself so i don't make the same fuck ups again i like, just mm-hmm. just you know so I can concentrate on going forward. So in a way, it's just like, again, like learning that instrument. I just want this, the basics to be sorted and clear so I can enjoy having a conversation with a client. I can enjoy this because there's so much that goes into that design bullshit in terms of agencies where people are disgruntled. I mean, half of the people, statistically, half of the people in the creative industry are unhappy. 
Are you indifferent or unhappy? And creativity's got, I mean, when you look at the sales of coloring books, they go through the roof. Joanna Bashford sold like 21 million books, coloring books for adults. Creativity's got a soothing effect. If you focus on it, it can do good for your soul, good for, not good for your mind. But the people who create the stuff are stressed. <laughs> I mean, we are like a burnout and stuff. And I, I do very candid, open, honest talks around the world on design, design festivals and universities. And the number of people who say, thank you for like just being honest. I, I very talk openly about anxiety, about my bounce of anxiety and the problems that I used to have. Because... It's, it's, it's a glory hunter industry where, where we are. You know? like everyone wants to have the best logos and best profiles or best websites, best clients, best this, but there's lots of tears and despair behind all of this. I mean, it's, it's not easy just because it's creative. I mean, we, we channel what we've got in us, but you have to be, I mean, I, I try to be very honest with the industry. Like, yeah, we all break the same. And it's just about time, not just about right time to start talking about it properly because there's these kids coming up thinking they have to be superheroes. But, no, you don't have to. Just be yourself. Like we, we all break, we all cry. You know, we all we all struggle. Everyone, you know, chase people for money. You know, chase clients. Chase. I mean, it's 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 a constant cycle, it's but it's only made sweeter because we can actually express ourselves, and try to make the world outside make it a little bit better. <laughs> you know, and make, I mean, yeah, it's just create a nicer, nicer, better functioning world, and hopefully mess it up a lot less than the previous generations. They just. That's another whole other story. <laughs> Dealing with the uh, with the aftermath of forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties. Yeah. Tell us a bit about the the new book, uh, Volume Two. Yeah. Volume Two. So, Book of Ideas was <clears throat> well, the Book of Ideas is a series. Volume One and Volume Two are both based around three categories. They are created about. Uh, they are uh, based around. Uh, work or productivity so how to approach clients how to approach create, like task problem solving how to get over creative blocks and that kind of stuff i'll talk at length in the next section about creativity as as what it means to us and how we can explore it because there's a lot of people who would ask anyone at any given moment and say how do i get to be more creative and it's like it's just how it's the same answer as how do you run faster you just you exercise that muscle you know like you you don't get to be you send bolt, you know, second in command, by just sort of turning up. <laughs> you, know, you have to work on it. You have to kind of, what we do as creative people, we exercise that, that, that part of our brain. That is all it is. I mean, we are all born equal. And I, again, in my talks, and I think I talk about it in the book, we are, we are, everyone's super creative. Just you give people a little hint of, a, of emotion, of, a, of an upset, of something they disagree, and people will make those protest placards, and they go out and, and they make themselves heard. And the stuff yeah. that people come up with are a billion times more creative than what we do all, all, every day, you know? So I just believe and that. I mean, it, it, from, from my part, I try to unlock that potential in fellow creatives, and also in my clients and, and, and the people I work with, because they will say, you're the creative one. I'm like, <laughs> watch this, I'll show you how creative you can be. So, and the last section is uh, about mind. So very much uh, honest journal about anxiety, mental health, uh, happiness, uh, structuring your days, sleeping better, sleeping longer, looking after our, our mind and body. And it's, 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 it's amazing to watch the response from people who 
respond to all three sections in different ways. So some people would absolutely find that like the, 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 the mental health section the most valuable. Some people like, you know, looking for reasons more like looking at more practical process of how to deliver creative work. But I think it's, it's become its unique selling point that there is no book like that. There, there's books on self-help, there's books mm. on creativity, there's books on design, but there's none of that. I mean, I, I mean, uh, my, Aaron's book is, is somewhat similar in a way. It's, it's more of a story. It's more you get to know the person or um, I was trying to think what else was there. There was kind of more about motivation and, and, and work. So I, as, as I said earlier, I was quite lucky and worked really hard to get the first book out. Um, because of the response, and I mean, even before the book properly launched, the response was positive and people said, well, I look forward to reading the next one. And I'm like, we'll never do another book. This, this was too hard. Like, this was too crazy. I didn't enjoy it. I, it was it was race against the time. I, it, it was fantastic to hold it in my hand because the physical aspect is why I created the book. No, it's, it's a book. We don't, we will always love books as humans. So I find myself after a few weeks and a few months making more notes and thinking, oh, I've got some leftovers from the book. Maybe I'll do like a Kindle edition and whatever. And mm -hmm. I posted that question on Twitter and somebody said, I think you should start a second book. And I'm thinking, I think you're right. I think you're right. So started again, making notes, um, just writing, 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 revisiting some of the ideas that I didn't put in the first book. And I had this beautiful, uh, advantage of actually having a product out there that I could get feedback on. So people said, yeah, I love the philosophical thinking, love, love the theory. Maybe it'd be good to see how you put it together. So I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll write a couple of case studies or maybe three. So I wrote 15 <laughs> <laughs> and I just felt for most of this year, literally from January till was it July, I was writing, I was writing whenever I can as a parent and running a busy studio and everything else, renovating my house. Um, yeah, I was writing at 5 a.m. and on the planes to Canada and, on, and anywhere, anywhere I could, I would purposely like take, for example, a train from, uh, from Toronto to Montreal. So I've got five hours to write. So I've got nothing else to do. Yeah. Then I can just do that. So I was just trying, trying, trying. And I wrote the manuscript, gave it to the copy editor. And I said, I'll write, I'll write five or six case studies. And I just found myself writing for another two months, you know, just like writing case studies and trying to make sure that all the findings, all the points that are in, in these sections are related to a case study in the book. So the second book is, um, in my opinion, a lot more all-rounded article. This is still a very much a standalone book uh, to the volume one, but they, they are interconnected. They that the, mm -hmm. there will be a book where all of the content, written content is actually brought together as a sort of a textbook and the chapters will kind of will, will, will merge together and um, yeah, will, will be a book on, on its own. But it's, it's kind of exploring the topics. The second book explores topics which are like even more of a help to to get people thinking slightly differently about how they feel and, and kind of give them encouragement because one of the feedback that I've get, get from the people, which I would find it quite, uh, quite fascinating, especially in this time of an age where everyone wants to run a startup and everyone's super successful and super ambitious. I get loads of feedback from people saying, thank you for motivating me to do something. And I'm thinking, well, isn't everyone doing everything now? Like, I feel like, if, I feel like, if, I mean, I work hard, I do lots of different things, but 
you know, there's a motivation. I just feel like it was just, you know, it was not as 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 rivaled as as what people do now. You know, you see these people just trying to invent everything, and no, loads of people just say like, thanks for motivating me to actually do more stuff or actually to 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 make sure that we use the time that we've got here, because the books, the career, everything is kind of realization that when I was a musician, when I was an ice hockey player, when I was a DJ, I was okay. I did it for a long time enough to be okay. But I didn't spend enough time practice. I didn't. I didn't do the off field. Like I didn't do the work off the no, like what you call it, the summer season. Like I didn't practice DJing at home. I just. I just only did in the public space. I did same with ice hockey, and I did same with music. So when it comes to realization, when I was in my design job and I thought I could grow my design career, I was like, I need to step up. Mm-hmm. I really need to step up. I can't be just very good at Adobe yeah. Illustrator. Like that is that is your ceiling. Like I need to step up. So. I, I kind of have welcomed that arrival of modern philosophy when it's, it's, it's bite-sized chunks of explaining the meaning why we're here. Well, that's a bit of a big topic, but <laughs> be careful. <there. laughs> it's just like, why? How, how, how do we exist? And like, what, like what, why are we idiots to each other or why are we nice to each other? And just kind of find those findings and incorporate them in a design process, like how to make sense out of this. Because if we turn up for work every day, day by day, doing the same thing, you got definition of the Einstein quote, exactly. you know, like the, the results are the same and people That's say, right, well, everyone, yeah. you need to show up every day. You need to show up, but also like showing up is, is half of the half of the victory, but you try to break stuff. You try to reinvent something, even though people tell you don't just play it safe. You're like, nope, I'm, I'm going to do what you tell me and, and stuff that I feel we should do. Because, as this, there's no like just to follow the preset templates and, and the structures. Yes, they make easy money and pay bills, but where's the fun in this? You know, like you, you want to challenge yourself. You know, you want to go that extra mile and just to see. Okay, so that that's that's what I've learned today. I'm a, I'm a bigger person. I can comfort a nervous client. I can tell from their voice they they've been you no know, they burned their fingers before. So you try to pick up on this rather than be, all right, what's the project? How, when do you need it? How much are you gonna pay me? Bye. See you with the end. You know, it's just like that is yeah. that, that is how most people treat this. And I have to always reiterate, like we you run a business. It's a business. Like literally, like it, you know, people rely on you. You need to deliver. And just like you, uh, you want everyone to do their work properly on, on whatever they do for you, public services. You, you want to do the same. So it's yeah, it's it's very much about growing to be a bigger person and a bigger bigger professional a bigger designer and having the understanding of what we create cool cool that was really good thanks for that um what's been the toughest part about growing as a designer um i did most of it on my own so i I knew I needed, well, that's, that's a silly thing to say. I didn't know it at first. But I realized I needed to be a part of a bigger team so I learned the basics. You know, So just like you learn the language, you you have to be with people to, so you get it right. And then you take it somewhere else yourself. So you, you can use that tool somewhere else. And the toughest part was that I, I felt like I had enough knowledge for the beginning and then I had to kind of work out the rest of my own. Also, it was the nicest part because you explore. I mean, I just feel I'm a big believer in finding your own answers because if you get 
preset template. It's just somebody worked it out for you. You know, you didn't you didn't engage your brain, and it's it's, it's I think I think. I think this, this is both way. I mean, it's not a catch to anything. It's, it's both ways. Like every good thing, some every bad thing's got something good about it, and every good thing's got something bad about it. It just always goes fifty-fifty because you can get the most amazing client, but it's it's a headache, or you can get an unusual client who provides you with the most amazing you know platform to do something fantastic together. And it's you never know when the next world's gonna come. So even after 15 years, I, I, I still don't, I mean, I, <laughs> I'd be busier than ever, but no projects are getting bigger. Therefore people are being more careful with money and with more decisions. And so you're like, come on, you know, I've got bills to pay, I've got finances to pay. And it's just, it becomes very real. So the toughest part is to run a business successfully because it is a business. And we really need to, yeah, give it more. Well, give it what you've got. So that's the toughest part. And the other part was to work out the balance between life and work. Because as designers, mm-hmm. you're never finished. You're never finished. You can you can you can move those vectors around, like Draplin. You know, making fifty-five million iterations of that logo. <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing, you know. But um, it's 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 knowing to how to leave it. Okay. So this this is the times I've said myself, we're gonna do this because. I've got a multifaceted career and I can tell you, I, I can literally, if I could sleep one hour a night, not one hour a day and work for 23 hours, I would easily do that because there's so much amazing <laughs> stuff. Yeah. But as, 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 as you know, when you, when you've got a partner and uh, yeah. they don't really want to live with a ghost, you know, <laughs> <laughs> at least that's what I was told. That's my definition of that. So when I mentioned earlier, like, uh, learning the language is when I when I moved to England and I started dreaming in English when I've been speaking English every day. It was like a it was like a like a I was going to say a rose like a like a trophy like yes you're doing this well you know you're thinking in English you you're dreaming in English. When I started doing creative work, I was dreaming in creative projects and I thought you know when they say there's a musician and he just wrote it you know whatever like of chorus at 4am because he was thinking about it and it's only because we don't clear out the main the sort of the mind workload we don't we don't create barriers between one and the other and after 10 years of dreaming work projects because as creators we go to work and you need to remember to you know i don't know pay bill or book this or see this and you make plans so you're distracted so just you're eating out into your work hours then you finish work and you go home or you go to sleep and you think exactly about those chunks that you missed. So you design your logos and sending emails and writing estimates and chasing people for invoice money. And you kind of like those two worlds overlap. And it's so in a way simple to, 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 to ring fence one and the other. I mean, there's a fantastic work called uh, some fantastic book called deep work by Carl Stevenson. And literally says like, yeah, get off social media. Don't do this. Don't do that. Like literally just focus on what you do because it'll give you more productive life. So in my talks, I use uh, Charles Darwin as an example because he used to work for four hours a day. Yeah, we all really know that Charles Darwin didn't have a Facebook account, an Instagram account, and Twitter account, and an email account, and another email account, and and you know a, a bank account. <laughs> it was a simpler time, and the people got their work done, and then enjoyed actually living around that sphere. We are happy to be hermits being in front of our screens all day long and then complain that 
you don't connect with the people who actually live the life, you know? So it's just that finding that balance between the one and two. And it's, it's just like, for example, for me, I just like remind myself when I leave the studio, what I'm going to do tomorrow. And I forget what I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to do the next day. Just, and again, in the morning, I just remind myself what I need to do and just the things that I need to do for life. I mean, I do first, and then I focus on this and try to be in a way, I call it like a creative athlete, just like to try to get the best, most efficient parts of, of the day. Because during our work hours, we, we spend the best hours of our day huh, on the phone. Yes. Yeah, I'll do this. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you now the good stuff is kind of like muddled because we've run out of energy. So it's, yeah. Um, it's it's this work life balance. It's totally it's totally possible because we tell ourselves we have to work hard, and yes, you have to give it your all. But you always need to. You also need rest. Obviously, you need time off and you need rest. And you, and it, and it's and it's like a, a triangle sort of diagram where if you do all things equally well, you got right balance, and one feeds into another, and and that's 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 the kind of key. So sweet, yeah, work life balance, the hardest <laughs> thing. That's so true. <laughs> Um, so I'm just going to change gears a bit and I call this the rapid fire round or the quick fire round. Well, you, you'll be lucky to get some <laughs> rapid, rapid answers from me. <laughs> um, where do you find your inspiration? Uh, I say people. I find inspiration in people, how we are, how we behave, who we are. Cool. Um, what's one habit that contributes to your success? Being stubborn and bloody minded. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is it. Uh, not, not stopping till I get there. Cool. Uh, name one book uh, apart from yours uh, that you'd recommend and why? Um, I would currently recommend, I mean, I would recommend books by Paul Arden and, and George Loy. Um, they're fantastic. But I would recommend currently Joyful. Uh, I don't know, it's from so someone from Idea. It's, it's, it's quite a hard book to read, but it's it's full of revelation. So it's called joyful and I will recommend that to get for your Christmas this year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Could you recommend one internet tool or app that you use every day? Oh, uh, I currently use, I've gone back to using Wunderlist for my tasking. Uh, Not big fan of like to do apps, but uh, I also use banana tag, which is a email tracker. It's very good. Banana tag banana tag.com yeah it's okay. a it's email tracker so i know when i've sent an inquiry when people respond to it or when they when they've seen oh, wow. it uh what else do i use um yeah i can't really think uh, i use i use um there's there's a banking app in the uk called monzo and um it's quite good because it keeps an eye on your, <laughs> <laughs> keeps an eye your money Finances, but no, yeah. yeah it's definitely it's definitely the future so yeah random selection but these three i like cool if it was your last day on earth, what would be a final meal? Wow. And anything's possible. I think I would just... Don't say ice cream. <laughs> Maybe I'll just, yeah, I'll just get like a bath load of uh, big and Ben and Jerry's <laughs> cookie dough. Yeah, that's it. Just ice cream overdose. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> if you could go back in time and experience one famous event... What would it be and why? Experience famous event. Um, oh, that's really interesting. Um, famous event. I think I would like to 
lived through some revolutions, like you know when things got really, really feisty. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think when people really like, I mean, we get we only get a sort of slimmer uh, resemblance of it when we sort of demonstrate now. But when things got proper feisty, I think I would like to go for something like that. <laughs> <laughs> any, I don't any, know why. <laughs> any particular event? I don't know. Like, I mean, you got like a French Revolution, or you got. <laughs> I mean, I, I was, I was, I was uh, eleven when there was a Velvet Revolution in Czech Republic, and the spirit of belonging you know when people really sort of work together mm -hmm. it is quite something and i think that that's what we're missing so just maybe do that or, Ooh, great answer. or alternatively watch steve jobs you know invent something <laughs> <laughs> well he didn't invent anything he marketed it but yeah, yeah maybe that'll be again, something like that cool um just some final questions before we wrap up um what's your definition of design I say the definition of design is to make people stop, think and feel something. That That is it. I mean, of course, the functionality of design is first and foremost, but put that aside because we can't all know it. Yeah. I, um, it's, it's all about making people feel something like how, I mean, you know, we seem to be upsetting people a lot with logos these days, but you make them feel something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's all about making people feel. Cool. Uh, what's the best advice you can give to young designers? Um, it's it's always been the same. It's it's all about learning to walk before you can run. It's it's a, it's a it's definitely a long term career. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. If if you feel so inclined. And what was the word? Um, I just thought about. I was making some notes for the next books, and I thought about it the other day when. You know, when we, when we are obsessed with growing this bigger and, 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 and stronger and more successful. And there's a definition with money that you, you don't get more happiness with more money. You know, like when you, and there's enough to cover everything, you get happier. But if you then turn into two billions, the happiness doesn't grow bigger. Yeah. And I just kind of feel like that's, that's what we get with creativity. Like people chasing something, chasing, chasing, chasing. And then when they get it, they realize, well, this is fun, but the repetition of the same, it just kind of brings the level of happiness back to where it started. So I would definitely advise people to take time because you're only going to do fantastic work with ties the longer you're in an industry and the more you know. So it takes a while and kind of be like clever and kind of be like conscious of your goals because once you, you know, do uh, hit all your goals at 20 yeah you've got another 60 years of you no know, disappointment so it's just sure. it's kind of like i, I I'm, I'm still i didn't know that you could do big stuff because i was happy doing small stuff and once i've done the big stuff four or five times around i'm like okay who who, who who's the bigger client like they're all the same now you know so it's 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 just it's this kind of like uh, uh, rewriting the, the, the state like the mission statement like what do you actually why do you create what does creativity mean to you and and explore that more than anything and like you, you're here to do really good honest work that helps other people so that might take you five years to when to get to that point it take you 15 years but it's all about the journey and that should be enjoyable cool um what's in store for the future for brand new and you? Brand new, brand new, and me, brand new and you. Um, I'm I'm absolutely pumped to write more books. 
uh, you'll be pleased to hear that the next book is going to be about branding and logo design. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Can't wait for that. Uh, yes. Is, uh, is, if, have you decided like, how many it's going to be there in the series, like Harry Potter? It, it's yeah yeah <laughs> it's um it's very much i mean i've got i've got notes for for the book already it it's it's as a uh, book of ideas are very much a journal like a thinking journal and open yeah. questions this is very much uh, a manual how i deliver branding projects from start to finish and how to deal with clients turn conversions you know it very much like even misspelling the myth between logo and branding, you know, like logo designers and branding designers, because I'm not a logo designer, I'm a branding designer. I love making logos, but they have, they hell I need to work you know, in the system. So that's kind of my, my, my way of looking at it. Um, it's, um, yeah, so there's a book about branding. I, I keep to have a more conversation with freelance designers about making their careers, um, like helping with the sort of beginning of their careers. Mm. Uh, a my write book for freelance designers, like how to get away into industry. Uh, I want to write a, a book. Good one, yeah. yeah, I think I think it's needed because this even dispelling the most most basic myths, you know, just again, just 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 get it out there. Uh, uh, there's a book about colors. We're gonna. Uh, I'm planning to do something called Color Thesaurus. Okay. So 256 pages, 256 colors, just just artwork based on on colors. So lemon buttercup whatever you know it's just 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 do that and the last plan at the moment i've got is book on mindfulness so creativity and mindfulness like how we can practice to be better functioning you know the creative so that's one plan <laughs> uh with brand new we get into the comfortable point where not, it's not comfortable like we get in to do the projects we really kind of want to do and we can actually know we can do really well so um, yeah, more branding and kind of campaigns and exploring lots of stuff in 3D and yeah, it, it's it's a fantastic playground at the moment. It's really going well and the branding side is just is more than anything important. So kind of like visual heavy, very sort of lovable brands that we try to create. So yeah, that's that's the two main plans. And if all of the if all of that works out, I'm trying to do some online courses, but based on the books at some point soon. Beautiful. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll be busy. in the pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> and, and any yeah, idea of, uh, when you're going to drop uh, book book three? Book three, uh, the latest would be March 2020. So um, okay. I'll make it next year, and then March 2020 to kind of coincide with the fourth anniversary. Of volume one release it'll be um uh, would be a uh, book on branding i think that's the first one i want to get out there because it's pretty much uh in, in the pipe now in the pipeline and um what was the other thing i wanted to say yeah uh, i mean i just i just i just i, 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 I love I'm, i love making those books and people tell me like oh i didn't realize you were going to release a book this this early i'm like well if my favorite artist doesn't release an album every year i'm disappointed you know so i mean i as long as I can do this, I'll do this because we might, I might, you know, I might start selling tiles or flooring, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so as long as this is, this is my game, I'll, uh, I'll keep doing this. So yeah. Cool. It's amazing. What, it's amazing what, you, what, what we can do when we are really sort of focused. convicted. Yeah. Yeah. Focused yeah. and just want to get stuff it. done. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Where can people find uh, book two? Uh, so good news, good news. <laughs> 
Um, book two, I mean, both books, uh, both series uh, of, what well, both titles in the series of Book of Ideas are available worldwide through yeah. Book Depository, through uh, Amazon, uh, through all sorts of book outlets. Uh, if you live in the UK, you can find it in the shops. But I think actually it's beginning to... Uh, my distributors actually are getting a more books seeded into international stores. Uh, so yeah, anyway, online, just type in book of ideas, brand new, and it comes up. Uh, the good news is also that I'm going to re-release volume one uh, with more case studies because it's going to be a, a slightly updated version, yeah. which might also come out, well, it might come out very soon because we're running out of these stocks. <laughs> I'm going to do that as soon as possible just to update that version so there's more case studies and kind of follows the, uh, the good structure of volume two. Um, yeah, and people can buy directly from, from my online store, which can they find from brandnew.co.uk and can get a signed copy, which is can't get anywhere else. And um, yeah, just hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. And uh, I'm happy always to answer, to answer questions. So, yeah. cool. Awesome. I uh, just want to reiterate again, where's the best place that uh, people can find you and connect with you online? So the best place is always my website. I mean, that's always going to be that that my sort of first point of call so it's brand new dot co uk and new spells and new and new and new yeah new and new i just spell it so many times in a day on the phone like and new um so brand new uk also I'm, I'm fairly active on well i say fairly active i post stuff on instagram uh, so it's more of a sort of journal for me just to posting things um which um if it was if it didn't exist there would be a lot more things on my website <laughs> so like a lot more up to date but um yeah instagram is good to to get like a first question like first hand question and kind of talk about projects so yeah i kind of spend like 20 minutes a day on instagram <laughs> unlike yourself <laughs> you spend like an hour <laughs> no, well now they have a feature which uh you can set a timer yeah i set a time every day so that i know how much time i'm spending on instagram how much time are you spending I uh, try to keep it under one hour. Wow. Yeah. That's very good. Very good. Because when you start looking at logos and design, you just keep scrolling and scrolling. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Amazing. Keep focused. Um, well, uh, thank you so much for being a part of Creatives Radio and uh, looking forward to book three in 2020. Thanks so much yeah. for time. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Creatives Radio. It would mean so much if you could take a few seconds of your time to head to Apple iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks, guys. Thank you.